Clap your hands, everybody. Everybody, clap your hands. Hey, what's happening? What's happening? I'm sorry I'm late. Sorry I'm late, Dogman XIC. What's going on? What's going on? Salute, big bro. Chris, yes. Uh, it, we, we about to break it down tonight. Candace, hey. Doesn't matter if it's five of y'all or 500. We're going to get into it tonight. I'm not going to waste your time. We're going to get right into this. Not to worry for everybody that, that's going to miss this stream, I will put it on all platforms. I will put it on the, the movie review channel. I'm gonna put it on my main channel. I don't. It don't matter. It's it's, it's going up. Okay. The Black Godfather. Basically, at the end of the day, is a celebration of the Black Boule, the elite. The talented tenth, whatever you want to call them, this is what this pretty much is. This is basically a circle jerk, and you know, like a, a thumb in the nose, thumb in the face to everybody that's not on their level. Stop saying like a pastor. <laughs> whatever, Candace. Let, let's get into it now. Clarence Avant. I have heard his name in in in, in passing years ago, but you know, whatever the case may be. You know, I, I'm used to guys like John McClain. You know who John McClain is. There it is. There. Okay. Let's get into it, shall we? So he got his start basically with Teddy Powell. Ran a club out of Jersey. Somehow he hooked up with Joseph Glazier. Okay. Starface, I see you, big dog. Flossy, hey. Joseph Glazier, I'm going to break down the main characters of this man's story and why they're important. Who is Joseph Glazier? This guy, he's, a, he's born in Chicago. He is a Russian Jew. You're going to hear that a lot. Okay. He started his own booking company, ABC Booking. He at one point man, managed Duke Ellington, Benny Goodman, Barbara Streisand, B.B. King, we're going to mention B.B. King again because there's some nonsense going on with B.B. King. The Allman Brothers. Okay. Joseph Glazier worked for Al Capone. Okay. Worked for Al Capone. Now, when he died in, I believe, 1966, the FBI, because you know the FBI and the mob don't get along. They get along, but they don't get along. Okay. They had a file on Joseph Glazier. The FBI file number is CR 166 1672. It was then sent to the, this is an actual title, it was sent to the Select Committee on Assassinations. Now, when have you ever heard of a committee on assassinations? But it's the mob we're talking about, okay? In this file, it stated he knew Jack Sparky Rubenstein. Who is Jack Sparky Rubenstein? Starface, you know who this man is. That's Jack Ruby. Glazier also was a boxing promoter. I'm gonna get off. I'm gonna get off. I'm gonna go on the tangent off this. Glazier repped Ernie Terrell. Ernie Terrell fought. Cassius Clay in 1966. Now, for the last two years, if y'all know me, every time I mention boxing and Muhammad Ali, 
what do I always keep saying? I keep saying the mob was the reason why Ali was able to become heavyweight champ. But nobody believes me or they they, they say I'm crazy. I, I'm The whole Sonny Liston fight was some bullshit too. Once again, it's the odds. What are the odds of Glazier repping, you know, a, a fighter against Ali and, you know, or in, and they let him, whatever. Listen, I, I'm okay. Tangent over. Now, once Glazier died in 1966, Oscar Cohen took over. Okay. Uh, Oscar Cohen had worked with Glazier since the age of 14. And now here comes BB Keith. Uh, no, something else. Something else. Oscar Cohen is the sole and exclusive agent for the Louis Armstrong Educational Foundation. Now, why is that? Why is Oscar Cohen the sole and exclusive agent for the Louis Armstrong Educational Foundation? Let's move on, shall we? Oscar Cohen repped B.B. King. Dr. John, Roberta Flack, the OJs, Whispers, Mary J. Blige, and once again, Duke Ellington. Now, what happened when B.B. King died, y'all? Wasn't a big dust up over his estate? Wasn't the family trying to get rid of the get rid of Oscar Cohen out of his estate? Right? Yeah, I remember that little it was a year ago, two years ago. Not even two years ago. Okay, let's move on. Now, during the interview with Clarence and the back and forth between Quincy. Now, now listen. I'm not going to say what time it is, but you know what time. Did y'all see the banter between Clarence and Quincy? It wasn't like a bro banter. It was more like long time. You know what I'm saying? Like their banter reminds me of how I, I talked to my ex. From 25 years ago. But I'm going to leave it at that. Now. Clarence. Clarence calls them business people. Quincy flat out said these guys are the mafia. Clarence says I don't know what the mafia. I don't know what that is. They're business people. And then Quincy goes on to tell the story. Of how the mob. Dangled Jackie Wilson. Out of a window. Because Jackie Wilson. Wanted to renegotiate his contract. So I called one of my OGs. I said, OG, didn't you tell me that because he worked on the five heartbeats? I said, OG, didn't you tell me something that the character of Flash and who was who was inspired, who inspired the character of Flash? He said, Yeah, Jackie Wilson was the inspiration for the Flash, Flash Thompson. Or not Flash, but Flash. I say, in which regards? Could you could you refresh my memory, please? He said, "Yeah, the scene where Big Red hangs him out of a window because he wanted to renegotiate his contract." Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So basically, Glazier handpicked Clarence to help him basically run the niggas. That's it. That's all. Okay. That, that's it. That's all. All right. Um, there's also a point when Quincy is talking about Clarence. He says, and I quote, it was love at first sight, then respect. 
I'm not here to allege anything. I'm just going off what was said in this documentary. Okay. And then we got Cicely Tyson, the old slave. What? And she was saying how she just saw him across the street and he was dressed in the nines and threw his shoulders back and walked across the street. And she said, he was this color. Did y'all see how excited Cicely Tyson was? And he was this color. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. So Glazier. Glazier sends Clarence to California to get composer Lalo Schiffen into movies, to compose for movies, all right? Scores and all that good stuff, publishing, okay? Now, the thing you got to understand is Clarence did not go to Hollywood and become successful all by himself. No, no. It was because of the muscle and the prestige of Glazier. If I work for the man and he sends me across the street, they know who I represent. They're not going to talk to me crazy. They're going to give me what the hell I'm asking for, what I told I should be getting. Anyway, so he, they, he sends him to California and Lalo Schiffen does all your, all your famous um, original compositions like uh, Bullet, Cool Hand Luke, Dirty Harry, Enter the Dragon, Mission Impossible. The list is endless. He's endless, endless, okay? Here's the crazy part. So then he's looking for a house because Glazer tells him, hey, you're going to move to California. I need you to go find a house. He goes to find a house in Baldwin Hills. Now, all my Cali folk, you know Baldwin Hills is for rich niggas. It's still popping. Not like popping like not Not like it used to be. This is the time when Ray Lewis lives out there. Nancy Wilson say, I found a house in Baldwin Hills. Glazer says, where the hell's Baldwin Hills? He said, well, that's where the rich black folk live. He said, no, go find you a house in Beverly Hills. I ain't mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Okay. So, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, okay, okay. Let me get let me let me get my my notes in order. Bear with me, y'all. Bear with me. Bear with me. Those are Glazer, Glazer, Glazer. Okay. So then Glazer had an, had an associate by the name of Lou Wasserman, Louis Robert Wasserman. Who is Louis Robert Wasserman? Drumroll, please. Another Jew. He created the Star System. The star system is where they create, promote, and exploit movie stars. They put emphasis on image rather than talent. They created the use for fixers. Now, what they would do is whatever little scandals, they bring in the, the, the fixers to, to fix it and to take care of all the little scandals and stuff like that. Pay people off and whatever the case to get the stuff, you know, all the bad publicity to make it go away. All right. Now, in, in the 1930s, two Jews, again, Feldman and Selznick, this is, this is so slick, they created the tax avoidance scheme when they have actors create corporations. And then the movie studios would employ the corporations who would then employ the actors. That is how 
the actors were able to receive royalties from their movies. The first actor to ever receive royalties from a film was James Stewart for the movie Winchester 73. Now, I remember this movie as a little kid. It was black and white. They was fighting over this, over this damn Winchester rifle. That's all I remember. Everybody wanted to get it, wanted to get this right, this rifle. This rifle was hella important. That's all I remember from that movie, okay? Wasserman, okay, was the sole link between Hollywood and the mob. Okay, there was no secret that Wasserman worked for the mob. Okay, matter of fact, Wasserman such a, was such a gangster. Who was on his roster? Ronald Reagan. I'm going somewhere with this. Ronald Reagan. He helped Ronald Reagan become the, the president of the Screen Actors Guild. And when Reagan was able to be, when he became president, he allowed MCA, which is Wasserman, because he was running that studio, to get credits to operate as a producer and to get more monies to generate revenues for the mob. Now, after Reagan became president, there was a bunch of open files on organized crimes. He classified all of those files. Okay. 1933, Wasserman sold MCA, made $350 million. This was in 1933, y'all. He was given the Presidential Medal of Freedom by Bill Clinton. We're going to get to Bill Clinton in a minute. Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay, okay. That's Wasserman, Wasserman, Wasserman. Okay, okay, okay. Now, Wasserman's underling was a guy named Sid Scheinberg. Do I need to tell you who Sid Scheinberg was? Fine. He's the guy that discovered Steven Spielberg. Okay? That's, that's, I'm going to leave it at that. Now, in comes David Walper. David Walper is doing a documentary on Art Modell, the former owner of the Cleveland Browns. I believe he's still the owner. I'm not sure. Okay? Jim Brown doesn't want to be in the documentary. They send Clarence to go talk to Jim Brown. Jim Brown offers him movie deals. Dirty Dozen, a couple other movies. So <laughs> Clarence gets him in the movies. Cl uh, Jim Brown becomes the first black actor to be in an interracial love scene with Raquel Welch. Whoopty fucking do. I, is that is that an accomplishment? Is that something to be proud of? Like, hey, I'm the first black guy in, in, in a racial love scene. Uh, okay. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Now, Glazer dies. This is the guy that told him to go buy the house, to go get a house in Beverly Hills. The same guy, uh, Clarence says, hey, I don't have no money. He says, I don't care. Just go get the house. Obviously, that's a home loan. That's a loan he took out through, or you know, whatever. Sidney Korshak, who is Glazer's attorney. Guess what? Sidney Korshak also used to be Al Capone's attorney. After Glazer dies, Sidney Korshak calls Clarence and says, hey, your loan's forgiven. Well, who the hell is Sidney Korshak, Sly? Well, I'm going to tell you who Sidney Korshak is. Sidney Korshak, at one point, 
was regarded as the most powerful man in Hollywood. He was a legendary fixer, the fixer of all fixers, Ray Donovan on steroids times 10. Okay. Now, a little backstory about Hollywood. Hollywood basically was invented by Eastern European Jews, immigrants, right? Organized crime, mainly ran by Jewish Italian coalitions, right? But there's a schism with Italians and Sicilians because we all know Sicilians are a little bit more uh, of the purebred status as opposed to Italians. That's why there's a, this, this little beef, right? Italians want to want to give you the narrative like Sicilians are beneath them. No, because when you become a made man in the mob, they have to vet your bloodline. But how do they do that? They have to be able to prove that some some female matriarch in your family was a, a concubine to some more okay basically if they can prove your 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 one of your ancestors was a was a whore to to these to these black people you're good okay that that's that's what that is okay now sydney korshak I, I would say everybody need to go watch casino again but Sidney Korshak helped finance the growth of Las Vegas through the Teamsters Central State Pension Fund. And if you've seen Casino, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Sidney Korshak left no paper trail, meaning this man was never licensed to practice law in California. Had no L.A. office. This man never took notes. Never read contracts. Never read contracts. Okay, moving on. 1970, he made his own record label, had a bunch of white artists, had Bill Withers, um, Abe Summer, his attorney. This is a Clarence's attorney. Who is Abe Summer? Well, I'm going to tell you who Abraham Summer is. Abraham Summer is an attorney at one point signed the Rolling Stones to one of the biggest multi-album record deals uh, in, in that, in that up until that history uh, with Atlantic Records. When they signed it, the biggest contract ever up until then. Okay. Also, Abraham Summer is known for a very, very public and very nasty sexual harassment case. It is what it is. Okay. Now, there's an issue, uh, Clarence is cool with uh, Don Cornelius, he helped out with uh, Soul Train, but then Clarence was also a consultant at ABC. Dick Clark wanted to com uh, create a competing brand, and he offered Clarence a lot of money. Clarence said no, the show was called Soul Unlimited, ran for one season. And they nixed it. All right. Now, then the next project Clarence worked on was Save the Children. Uh, he had he picked out a young Stan Latham. You know, guys, Stan Latham, the whole comedy production, Kings of Comedy, Queens of Comedy, that him to uh, direct that documentary. Um, now, let's get into a bit of politics. He helps Andrew Young uh, get win for a seat in Congress. Andrew Young is one of those guys 
that was privy to the to, to the king assassination was G Sly. How you know that? Because he was wearing a tie. The the honorable late great Steve Coke. We all told us everybody that's wearing a tie was a safe target. Wait, 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 wait. If you didn't wear a tie. I take that back. I'm I'm getting the story screwed up. Whoever wore a tie, I remember. Okay, King and Jesse Jackson got into it because somebody wanted somebody to wear a tie, and the, the thing was, whoever didn't wear a tie or whoever wore the tie was a was a was was a target. Whatever the case may be, Andrew Young was there that day. The King got shot. Okay, and consequently, he ended up you know winning the seat in Congress. How did Jesse get into the position of having to set up King? Jesse Jackson had stole a million dollars. Um, well, no, I'm gonna say stole. He uh finessed, finagled, dive, dive, you know, diverse some funds. Basically, it was a million dollars, and they and they gave Jesse a deal. Look, we know you took the money. We don't want to put you in prison, but we need you to, you know, get rid of King. That's what happened in a nutshell. Okay. Then he helps Jimmy Carter run for president. This guy is cool with Ted Kennedy, former Governor Jerry Brown, got Hank Aaron a deal with Coca-Cola. Let's see what else, what else. Okay, so then he ended up losing his record label, lost a radio station. His home was in foreclosure. Right, he's going to lose his home. In comes Joe Smith from Warner Brothers. Jerry Moss from AM Records. They all give him a loan, right? So he can keep his home and keep doing his thing thing, right? And um Jerry Moss said something very important. He said, it's a lifelong game, and it's important to know who your friends are. Okay. Former executive assistant was Tamika Woods Wright. Well, who is Tamika Woods Wright? This is Easy E's widow. This is the woman that basically ran a multi-million business, multi-million dollar business into the ground. And I'm talking about Ruthless Records. This is the same lady that pissed off Bone Thugs and Harmony so much they didn't want to record for her. Okay. This is who that woman is. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the next uh, adventure. Zach Horowitz is an attorney. Universal wants to make, um, okay, the movie E.T. comes out. It's a huge, huge thing. It's a big, big deal, okay? Of course, Steven Spielberg. Uh, Universal wanted to make an album, like an E.T. story book, narrated by Michael Jackson on the Universal label. But unfortunately, Michael Jackson is signed to CBS, which will be later called Sony, but whatever, Okay. Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson make a secret album. See, now, you know, you know how artists must have get permission from their labels to record for other for anybody at this point. And they broke that contract. Okay. So then they got they, the word got out. CBS uh Honcho Walter Yetnikoff. Now, Walter Yetnikoff, I would suggest everybody go read Economic Hitmen. It is a great, great book. Economic hitman. Walter Yetnikov is a motherfucking gangster. Gangster. Okay. He wanted to sue Universal and cease and desist, whatever. Okay. At the end of the day, they all got in a big ass room and worked it out. 
And as if you remember, the E.T. movie, storybook, thing, toys, it was just a monster. It was a mega hit, and it, it just made oodles and oodles of money for everybody. Now, as appreciation for what he did for Michael and Quincy, Clarence was asked to promote the bad tour. But guess who he picked to help him run the tour? Everybody's favorite boxing promoter, Al Heyman. That's right, Al Heyman, Money Mayweather, that Al Heyman, Harold Spence and them niggas. <laughs> right? Okay, so then he starts another label. Um, he signs Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis. He puts him with Janet Jackson. Um, yada, 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 yada. Y'all know the story. He's cool with David Geffen. Babyface calls him the gatekeeper. Now, he is the gatekeeper's gatekeeper keeper okay he is like he's steven to the candy to mr candy okay and i mean it's all respectfully he's like Django to the doctor right he is the right hand of the right hand clarence avon is what we would call the unseen hand okay now we all know in all industries uh there's different levels of 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 people controlling power Clarence Avon is what you would call the unseen hand. Okay, now don't get me wrong. This is entertainment. This is not politics. This is not economics. This is nigga playground. Okay, it's 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 the music business, y'all. Let's not confuse this shit with anything else. Okay, it's the music business. You talk to enough non-black execs, they'll tell you that's where the niggas play. It's the niggas playground. Okay, he is the unseen hand of the music business. Whoop the fucking do. All right, all right, all right. Moving on, moving on, moving on. I'm going to wrap this up. I'm not, I'm not going to get along with this. Now, he was the one that basically cherry-picked L.A. Reid, babyface, and got them to meeting with Clive Davis. Clive Davis, based off the strength of Clarence, gave them LaFace records. Um, now, Elaine Levy, another Jew, gave Clarence a chairman of the board position. Right, Polydor, Motown, that whole conglomerate. Uh, Alain Levy was the one that that made uh, Andre Harrell. He put him in charge of Motown. Remember that didn't last long. Uh, yada yada yada. Alain Levy had gave uh, Clarence a shitload of money. He was able to pay off his debts. Okay, and be back in in, in the black again. Now, funny thing is, uh, the Biggie shooting. So Puffy called uh, Clarence. Clarence was the one that got him out of out of out of uh, out of out of out of California. I guess they made him drive down to San Diego and made him fly out of that airport out of there. So basically, Clarence is like the nigga sheep herder, respectfully, right? Now this part is going to be the politics of it. The politics of it. Clarence Avant collected a million dollars for Bill Clinton for his campaign. He said he claims it said that him and Bill Clinton are very close friends. This is Bill Clinton we're talking about, Mr. Three Strikes, Mr. Mass Incarceration, Mr. Ron Brown bullet in the head plane crash. Hmm. This is Bill. This is who you're. This is who you call a close friend. And you know what? I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad. Okay, because we all got some friends that got some shady backgrounds or do some some foul things that we don't want to know about. But 
Um, Bill Clinton, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also cool with John Kerry. Al, uh, Harold Ford, Al Shopton, Messy Jesse. Now, this one is, is, is particular. Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris had an aide that was doing some crazy stuff and claimed to be Knights Templar and Masonic Police Force and missing children and a whole bunch of stuff on uh, Kamala Harris's watch up in Frisco, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, this is who you cool with. These are your peoples. All right, it is what it is. And then last but not least, we got Barack Obama. Asked Clarence for his help. And after he was elected, now this is what kills me. Now we all know had Jack Ryan's ex-wife, Jerry, had not spilled the beans on their sex life, Jack Ryan would have been number 44. Yeah. He'd have been number 44, not Barack Obama. But uh, So um, his daughter, Nicole, ends up being the ambassador to the Bahamas because of her contributions to, to Obama's uh, campaign work in, in 2004. Eh. I guess, man, you know, I wasn't, you know, just okay. We got. I see a bunch of rich niggas on TV that at the end of the day, if it wasn't for these, these Jews, none of you motherfuckers would be anywhere. All right, but one more one more important thing that I want to mention. Now, you know when they start showing people's documentaries, life stories, what usually ends up happening to them pretty soon after that? Um, one, more, one more time, I'm going to ask you. When, when they start making documentaries on these people, these life stories, what, what ends up happening to these people? They don't last very long. You know, you never notice that? About six months to a year, they they pretty much expire for whatever reason. But hey, it is what it is. That is my documentary review on Netflix's The Black Godfather. Like I said, don't you worry. I'm going to put this on the movie review channel and the main channel because I want everybody to see. I'm I'm going to piss off whatever little connections I got left. I got I'm going to piss them all off. They're going to be like, "Fuck Sly, he talking too goddamn much. Fuck this nigga. Don't let him in." Don't let this nigga in. <laughs> ah, shit. Yo, let me get into the comments real quick. I'm going to wrap this up. I ain't going to keep you guys because it's, it's late. Um, Eight letter, Donald, Iron Five, my man, Flossie, uh, Lorenzo, rolling into Benzo, Prince O'Mill. Hey, 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 hey. Ariane, hey, Edmund. Uh, let me see who else did I can eat. Did I miss anybody? Lawless. Uh, let's see what else. Esoteric Bay. Hey, Shug. Hey, this guy. What's happening? What's happening? The first video. I, I remember the, the uh the, the uh reality show. It had Vanessa Bell Calloway, the dog sister from uh. She was the ball washer. She's one of the ball washers from uh Coming to America. Right, Yugi Moto. Hey, it's been a minute. Hey, are you good? Um, let's see what else. James Gant, hey. Lordville, hey. Queen Jet Black, hey. Studio Mansion, hey. Shogun, hey. 
Oh uh, yeah, X, bro. When you you know how it is when we doing our research, man. You just it's breadcrumbs all over the fucking place. Just lead to this person, lead to that. I didn't know it was that deep either, man. I I learned something tonight. So, um, yeah. So it is what it is. I think I cover everybody in the chat. Patient Fab, I see you, bro. So yeah, I'm a I'm gonna wrap this up. Uh, really brief. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. You know, put anybody to sleep. I know it's late. Uh, but once again, that this is my. My review of uh, Netflix's The Black Godfather. I hope you guys learned something today. I surely did. And, um, you know, it is what it is. So I will catch y'all on the next go round. Y'all have a good night. Peace.